Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Lord, if you would, I want you to turn with me to the book of John chapter 20, 21. The book of John chapter 21, we welcome all of you here and all of our guests. We're believing with you for a touch of the Lord on your life. He's still working miracles. I have seen more miracles in the last few years of my life than I have in all of my life combined. I grew up in a house where my dad was a man of faith, operated in the gift of faith. People would stop by the church who had, God would speak to them, stop and have that man to pray for you. And in the middle of the day, he would lay hands on them and prophesy to them and they would be immediately healed. I was standing beside him one time, one was the mayor's wife. Very bad situation. Somebody sent her to the church, said that pastor down there believes in miracles. She came down, she said the doctors cannot fix what's going on in my life. My dad laid hands on her and prophesied to her, told her she's gonna be fine. She was instantly healed at that very moment. Amen. I'm telling you, God is able. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord's able to fix what you need. Amen. Will you allow me to take my time and preach today? I know you didn't get all dressed up just to come to the church for 10 minutes. But you came here because you want to hear from the Lord, don't you? Amen. You still believe God speaks through preachers? How can you hear without a preacher? The Bible says, how can he preach except he be sent? I really do feel like God gave me a word this week. For this weekend and I want to preach that to you we've already had fun today we've already been blessed by the worship of our worship team amen and uh, have felt God through that and we're so thankful the book of John chapter 21 verse 1 it says after these things Jesus showed himself again look at your neighbor say he's gonna show himself again to you Again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Now you have to understand the sea was Galilee. The location was Tiberias on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. Okay. So the sea is the Sea of Galilee. You'll find they're at this location of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. So this is how the story unfolds. There were together Simon, Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel. Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, which were James and John, two other disciples who I'm not sure. There was a total of seven, seven men that were there, including Simon Peter. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. That always sounds good to me. Uh, Brother Powell, does that sound good to you? It just sounds good to me. I go a fishing. Look at your neighbor and say, let's go fishing. Certainly it was different in their day than it is for us in the way we fish. They say unto him, we, we'll go with you. We also go with thee. They went forth, entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Brother Powell, have you ever went fishing and caught nothing? Yeah, it's not a good feeling. I mean, it's, we still enjoy it, but it's better when you come with a stringer full of fish. Can I get a witness from some, some anglers in the building? Amen. But when the morning was come, look at your neighbor and say, you came here empty. 
but the morning has now come. Jesus stood on the shore. Woo! But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? What he was simply saying was, Have ye caught anything? They answered him, No! They can't see who he is. They just see this guy. I grew up on a river. I know exactly what this is like. I know it's like being out in the river and somebody's standing on their snubber and you can't see who it is and they're screaming at you and you're responding back to them. No! Empty! Didn't catch anything. And he answered to them, cast, cast the net. He wasn't saying it, folks. You're wondering why I'm screaming. He was shouting to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you'll catch the fish. What you're looking for is right where I'm telling you where it is. Where you've been looking is empty. But if you'll listen to my word, I know what you're looking for. I know where it is. They cast therefore and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, everybody say John, say it unto Peter, it is the Lord. That's not a stranger. That's the Lord. Somebody shout, it's the Lord. He girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And he went to Jesus, and Jesus talked with him there. I'd like to preach to you for the next few moments. On simply empty nets. Everybody say empty nets. You may be seated. I would like to preach from the narrative today of the simply Simon Peter's introduction and his walk and journey with Jesus for over three years. Luke 4 records that Jesus went to Simon's house and it appears that it's his initial introduction to Simon, or at least the initial stages of his relationship with Simon Peter. He goes to his house and he prays for his mother-in-law who had a fever. And the Lord... The Lord healed his mother-in-law. We also need to pray for our president today and, and his wife. We have COVID-19. No, no matter if you on politics, the Bible says to pray for dignitaries. Can you say amen? Would you lift your hands right now? Lord, we pray for our president. We pray right now for our first lady. That God, you would bring healing to their body. We pray against any fever, any of this sickness on their body. We pray, God, for our senators and our leaders that have had this sickness. We pray healing over them in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would visit them and touch them. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone says amen. When you begin to look at Simon Peter, his initial introduction to Jesus, the Lord heals his mother-in-law and later you'll find that Jesus shows up at a place called Genesaret. Genesaret is like Tiberias. It's 
It's on the, the bay. It's, it's on the shoreline, a city that's on the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee. It is here that Jesus walks up and a multitude is listening to him teach by the shoreline and, and the crowd must have got big and probably pushed a little close. But Jesus looks at Simon Peter and he says to him, he said, can I get on your boat and would you just shove off just a little bit from the shoreline so I can teach the people? And, and certainly Jesus got in Simon Peter's boat. Simon Peter was not a righteous man. He was not pure in his heart. He, he did not know the Lord. But you'll find that Jesus invited himself into Simon's boat. Aren't you glad that the Lord came into your life before you really knew who the Lord was? Can I get a witness to somebody with somebody today that the Lord came to you before you could ever come to him? How many know while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly? Somebody say amen. And so he, Simon Peter, shoves the boat out and they get a little distant from there. And Jesus sits in Simon Peter's fishing boat and he teaches the people. Simon Peter being there with him. I'm not sure, but at some point in the conversation, you find that he looks at Simon and says, have you caught anything? And we haven't caught anything. We fished all night, but we've had nothing but empty nets. All night long, we haven't had a drought of fish or caught any fish. It's, it's just been empty. Everybody say empty nets. And Jesus says to Simon in this beginning of relationship with him, he told him to cast the net out again and to try again. Everybody shout, try it again. And when they did, they, at his word, they let down the net. And when they had done this, verse 6 says, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. There were so, Brother Powell, there's so many fish that it broke their it broke their nets. Man, that sounds good to me. But the Ti, they've tried and tried and tried, but were empty. But somehow, in one visitation of the presence of Jesus, and he says, just because you've been empty for a long time doesn't mean you have to remain empty. I know what you're looking for. Try it again. I come to tell you what Zanesville needs. They need a word from the Lord. Suicide's not the answer. Giving up on the relationship's not the answer. Giving up on your health is not the answer. How I many know oh, Jesus knows what you're looking for and where it is? Somebody shout, he's got what you're looking for. Come on, look at your neighbor's out. He's got what you're looking for. Cast your net out, Simon. Try it again. And, and when... And when he does, there are so many fish in the net. The Bible says, and, and it says, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were James and John, who were, must have been right there near listening to the teaching of Jesus as well. They were not disciples yet. They were just now being introduced to the Lord. Matter of fact, if you go and study Matthew and Mark, he tells the story this way, that when Jesus showed up at this place, they were fixing their nets. They were mending their nets. I believe it's Matthew that records that Simon Peter was washing the net. I grew up on a river 
I have been on the shorelines of Maine. I've pulled my own lobster traps. It just feels manly when you say you pulled your own lobster traps. I pulled my own lobster traps and pulled out the lobster. Up there they say lobster. They say lobster. When I sat down, when I pulled up the driveway, the guy said, he said, he said, by the bounds, he said, pack your car in the door yard. I said, excuse me? You just don't know if that's an insult or, or an invitation. You just don't know what it, what it means. I said, excuse me. He said, park your car in the dual yard. For where from, just park your, park your car in the driveway. And he said, Brother Bounds, he said, would you like to catch some lobster? Yes, I would. I understand that. It was cold. I pulled the lobster traps, pulled those cages out, and there's seaweed wrapped around it. There's stuff entangled on the cages. I'm glad to tell you it wasn't an empty cage. We took the lobster out of there. We boiled salt water. You can tell I haven't eaten breakfast much. I ate a little bit. We, we took, uh, uh, why am I even going here right now? I need to finish the message, but I'm cooking dinner here right now. Built a fire on the edge of the shoreline. Put a stainless steel container, big pan, boiling that salt water. And we took those lobsters and crab and fruit. Anybody like seafood in the building? Almost everybody. Threw the lobsters and in that boiling water. As soon as they would, you could hear the meat separate from the shell, instantly cooking a lobster. And you see, they were used to catching fish. They were used at one point of their life having, but it seems recently their nets are empty. And they're washing their nets and pulling the seawall, pulling, pulling off the seaweed and getting rid of the, the muck and the the floating stuff that's in water and it, it's a mess. The, the muck and possibly the little the muscle shells, muscles that are clean, the snails, the things that's on there and stripping it and cleaning it. And over here, James and John are mending. They're fixing the holes where it's caught the rocks on the bottom of the shoreline and rip the nets and they're mending their nets. Simon Peter's washing the nets. Isn't it amazing that Jesus, when he shows up, he always shows up when you're empty. It appears he shows up in your life when the alcohol no longer satisfies. He shows up when the pills are no longer doing for you what they used to do for you. He, he shows up when it seems like the marriage that you're in isn't, isn't satisfying you anymore. It just seems like the marriage is empty. It's, you, you're, you're sitting there, you're, you're sitting on the shoreline of life and you've got your legs crossed and you're washing the net and you're talking about another empty, empty day and another empty emotion and you don't have any joy and you don't have any peace and, and, and the person you used to love now, they get on your nerves all the time and you're trying to mend some things that's been broken and you keep trying, you're dragging the net but it just seems to be empty and empty and empty but I come to tell you, it doesn't matter how empty you are when Jesus steps onto your boat he's got what you're looking for I said he's got what you're looking for Amen. I had a young man tell me one time. He said, I don't know what to do. He said, I don't know. I've smoked dope every night for two years. It doesn't satisfy me anymore. I come to tell you, Jesus can satisfy you. He's got what you need. He's got what you need. 
Come on. I'm preaching to somebody. Maybe you're watching. Maybe you're in here right now. But the barroom doesn't do anything for you anymore. The alcohol, it doesn't do. The life, the job, the money. It's so empty. But I hear the voice of one calling. Can I come on your boat? I've got some things I want to say to you. I've got some things I want to talk about. Do you believe that the voice of Jesus was the voice of the creator? He can make something out of nothing. He can bring greatness out of emptiness. Somebody shout amen. Simon, Simon, you, you smell like, you smell like Sea of Galilee water. You're dirty, you're filthy, but you're empty. But here's what I want you to do. Why don't you try it again? My buddy told me when we were, when we were talking about this, uh, he said, is it possible that while Jesus was teaching, all of the fish around the sea gathered to hear the voice of their creator? Just let him talk long enough. That's why you don't miss church, because you need to hear the word of the Lord. There's something powerful in preaching. Come on, there's something powerful in that word. Brother Cody told us at 8.30. He said, when I'm discouraged, I just start praying his word. You know why? Because anytime God starts speaking, life starts forming. Come on, I said when God starts speaking, life always starts coming. Life starts forming. That's why the devil does everything he can to keep you out of the house of God. He wants you to think you're dying. When God said, I'm going to let you live. There was a moment in my life I was diagnosed. They told me I would have died if I got on the airplane. It haunted me. But you know what? I went to my bedroom and I did what I only knew to do. In a discouraged moment, I started prophesying to myself. I stood up in my bedroom and I said, I will live. I will not die. I will live. I will not die. I wish somebody would jump up and shout it with me. I'm going to live. I'm not going to die in my delivery. I will live I wasn't talking about my ability I was talking about the word of the Lord the devil would love to give you gloom and doom but I've come to tell you he's a God that can heal all diseases he can heal all of your pain all of your suffering all of your sickness he's able hey Simon I've got a long way to go be seated Simon Cast the the net back out. Unfolded a clean net. Threw it back out there because somehow, some moment, in a moment of the presence of the Lord, he trusted who he was with. Amazing, just a matter of moments. If he can heal a fever, then maybe he can fill my life up. I could tell stories all day long about miracles. Little girl was pretty much dying. They called my dad. She had had an appendix erupt. Her sickness was so terrible. Her diagnosis was unbelievable. She was septic. My dad reached and put his arms around her and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Her name was Danielle. Instantly. The fever broke while she was in his arms. I'm talking about the power of a Savior. My dad prayed one time for a little boy. He came up to the church and my dad was preaching like I preached the power of God, Jesus. We love Jesus, don't we? Oh, we love him. My dad was preaching. A little boy believed and 
he come up and he said, Pastel Bounds. He can't say his R's right. Pastel Bounds. He was six years old. He said, will you pray for my warts? Will you pray for my warts? He said, look. He had warts all over his hands. He said, the boys at school make fun of me because of my warts. Will you pray for my warts so Jesus will heal my warts? <laughs> he said, sure, son. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm asking you to heal his warts. One week later, he came back, and they were gone. Gone. He told my dad, he said, when you prayed, he said, the next day, they, they, they burst open and began to bleed. God began to heal that boy. Because it doesn't matter if it's a fever, if it's a wart, if it's some diagnosis, it seems like there's no way possible. I'm telling you, he's God, he's on the throne, and I'm going to let him speak. You've got to learn to let him speak. It doesn't matter how empty your nets are. Obey his voice. Naaman, I know you've been doomed with a diagnosis of leprosy. But just do what the preacher says. I know you, you, you got the death sentence on you, Naaman. But go dip in the Jordan River. And if you obey the word of the Lord, life's going to come to you. It didn't appear, it didn't appear to be um, uh, 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 um, comely to go down to the river and dip. Why do you have to pick the Jordan River? Sometimes you just got to do what the word of God says. Just try to, what do you have to lose? You're already empty. Nothing else is working. What do you have to lose? Throw the net one more time. Pray one more time. Get prayed for one more time. He went out there and he, he got down in that Jordan River and he dipped and nothing happened. He dipped a second time because he was told to dip seven times, six times, nothing. But when he came out the seventh, God did what only God can do and he was healed of leprosy. I come to preach to everybody watching and everybody in the room right now. It doesn't matter how many empty nets you've drug in and cleaned and mended. If you just will obey the word of the Lord, he's going to give abundance. He's going to do what only he can do. Do you believe God's able to do it? I believe he's able hallelujah and so Simon Peter Simon Peter when he James John help you got to get that end of the net I can't get it by myself they grab the hold of the end of the net there's a net in between his boat and their boat and their fishing partners and Jesus is in the boat and James and John are there and Simon Peter's here and all of a sudden the, the, the weight of the amount of fish begin to pull the boats down to the water and the scripture says and the boats were sinking. They were about to sink. And when Simon Peter understood the miracle of the moment, he knew in all of his years of, of, of being a fisherman and a proficient one, made his living off of it. He knew what just happened was because of an act of God. I believe God can give a miracle that you'll walk out here saying only God could have done that. Come on, that's what I believe. I believe some of you can walk out of here and say, I know he touched me for I felt it in my soul. The Lord made me whole. I know I have been healed. Somebody shout, I know. 
If you need a miracle right now, I want you to jump up out of your seat and say, I know he can heal me. If you need a miracle, all over the building, jump up and say, I know he can heal me. Hallelujah. She felt within herself, Brother Kirk Bride, she felt within herself that she was made whole. The Bible says about the woman with the issue of blood. Be seated. When he saw the multitude of the fish, he fell and said, Lord, you got to get out of my boat. You got to go from me. I'm not worthy of what you're doing for me. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy for you to be in my boat. I know who you are. You are the Messiah. See, he was a devout Jew, but he was a sinner. I know who you are. You're God manifest in the flesh. You're the Messiah. I'm not worthy. You need to get out of my life. Because Simon Peter understood it was the Lord that's in his boat. And he can't imagine that the Lord would want to be in his life. Because of imperfections and sins. How many has ever had sin in your life and you didn't feel worthy of what God was doing in your life? You knew God was working, but you didn't. Come on, be honest with me right now. You, God was working, you just didn't feel worthy of it. He said, oh, Simon, I want you to go with me, Simon. I chose your boat for a reason. Simon, I've chosen your boat. For, I've chosen you for a reason. Not because you're perfect, but because you're willing. Because the Bible says, Brother Nutter, when the Lord called him and said, I want you to go with me, he folded his nets and immediately went with the Lord. See, God didn't call him because he was perfect. He called him because he would respond with immediate response. See, some people don't ever get the miracle because they wait too long to think about it. Altar calls given, they go out to the car and smoke a cigarette. Go to the bathroom when they don't have to. Preacher gives the altar call for the miracle of the moment. Well, maybe I'll get baptized. I'll repent next week. I'll get baptized next week. I'll do this. Simon Peter, when the Lord told him, said, Simon, not only are you going to be forgiven, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. I've got a purpose for you. You know what Simon did? Simon immediately left his nets and followed the Lord. Read on. James and John did the same. Everybody shout immediately. Followed the Lord. Quit thinking about it. And respond when the Lord says come. Come on, if God gives you a word, you need to respond. I want you to lift your hands all over the building. I want you to lift your hands and say, God, let me respond when you call. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It goes on for three years. I'd love to, I'd love to take some time here today. I wish I had time. Maybe I need to do a series, I don't know. But Brother Nehemiah, I wish I had time to just go through the life of Christ all the way through of with Simon Peter. Because Simon Peter was one of those people that anytime the Lord was doing something, he was right in the mix of it. I'll go. Who do men say that I son of man in? Who do you say that I Me, 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 me. They're the Christ. I mean, know oh, when there was a storm and he told him to go to Bethsaida, who was it that saw the Lord walking on the water and cried out to him? Everybody shot it was Simon. Yeah. It was Simon. Simon was a responder. Simon. And one of the days the Lord looked at Simon and Peter, and I, I won't be much longer. 
The Lord looked at Simon Peter and said, Simon, I want you to know something. Simon, you're going to deny me. You got the wrong Simon, Lord. I'd never deny you. Not me. That may be James. We know John won't. Maybe James. But I'd never do. He says, Simon, you will deny me three times before the cock crows. Three times. No, not me. I'd never, I'd never do it. All of a sudden in the garden at Gethsemane, Judas comes down to the garden with Roman soldiers and James and John and Simon Peter there and they grab, they grab the Lord and Simon Peter jumps up. You can't have him. Swings his sword and cuts Malchus's ear off. And when he does, Malchus's ear fell to the ground and the Lord says, Simon, put up your sword. Reaches down and takes Malchus's ear. Can you imagine that number? Put his ear on and the Lord put Malchus's ear on as if it had never been cut off. What a miracle. Simon, this is not how we fight. He takes him from him. He leads him out. And then when this, Luke records that when, G, when Simon followed Jesus afar off, that's the problem, is when you let Jesus get at a distance. That's the changing point for Simon. You, it's your responsibility to keep the Lord near. Come on, we shouldn't leave him here on Sunday. How I many know we need to be walk with him every day? Somebody say amen. And Simon Peter followed the Lord afar off, and when he did, the Bible says he sat down among them. Who is them? People crying, crucifying. He tried to blend in because he didn't want to be crucified. He, he was trying to act like one of them because he was afraid. He was afraid. And the Bible says, Simon Peter. Simon Peter, they, somebody finally recognized, said, you know what? You, 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 you. you or one of those people to follow Jesus. And he says, no, I'm not. Yes, you are because your speech betrayed you. How many know he went to another fire? And they said, you're one of followers of Christ. And the third time, they called him out, and they said, you're one of them, and he denied it. He started cursing and said, I know not him. And when he did, he could hear the rooster crow, and his heart smote him. One study says that he could have looked up and seen the Lord looking at him when he did not. He ran and hid. Nothing I've denied the Lord. The best years of my life. The blessings, the miracles, the teaching, the relationship. And I said, I don't even know him. He felt that he had ruined it and... After that, we know the story that Jesus resurrected on the third day. And he said, go tell my disciples. And somebody shout, Peter, that I've risen. You go tell my disciples and Peter that I've risen. And he appears to him. He walks and talks to him. But Simon Peter is so discouraged because he has failed the Lord. That finally he looks at six of his buddies one day when the Lord is somewhere else. And he says to them, you know what? I'm going fishing. It wasn't just I'm going to go fishing. It's I'm returning to my old career. I'm going to go back to my old way of life. I'm going to go back to what I used to be because I'm not worthy to live the life that he called me to live. If you come to the music. I'm not worthy. I've ruined it. I failed God. I messed it up. I'm not worthy. 
So I'll just go back and try to be good at what I used to be. Six of his buddies said, we'll go with you. Push off the sore. They go all night fishing. When they get back in the morning, guess what? They didn't catch anything. Everybody say their boat was filled with emptiness. Empty nets. It was just empty nets. Imagine what was going through Simon Peter's mind. I'm not even good at being a sinner. You see, you can walk away from God and run back to the alcohol, run back to the stuff, run back to the way of life, but it's still going to leave you empty. It's not out there. You can't go back to an old career, an old, old way, an old relationship and all that and find what's missing. And isn't it amazing? He's now in Tiberias in the same sea where the Lord met him over three years ago and he comes in, his head is down, and his fisher's coat's off, and they're probably folding, they're getting their nets ready, they're, they've pulled them out of the water, they're coming in, and he hears a voice. Did you catch anything? The Bible says they don't know who it is. They're not sure. Michael, Candace, they, they don't know who it is. Some stranger out there. Did you catch any? No. Empty, failed God, no future, no ministry, no preaching, no singing. What I thought I'd be could never be because I denied God. And all of a sudden, this voice came. Cast your net on the right side of the ship. Well, who would that be? They didn't even recognize his voice. But something in the voice made him want to try one more time. And he cast the net on the right side. James and John been there. And when they did, the net was filled with a multitude of fish. So much that they could not really get it in. And John said, Peter, that's not a stranger. That's the Lord. And immediately, see, that's the thing. That's the reason God called him. Because Simon Peter, would he would understand it was the Lord, he didn't wait on three weeks to make a decision about it. You know what he did? He jumped in the water and he swam to the Lord. And he sat down with the Lord. And the Lord said, come and die. And Jesus sat down with Simon Peter and said, sit down for a minute. I got you some fish cooking right here. Won't you come and die? Won't you eat with me? See, what Simon Peter was trying to find out in the darkness and out in the deep... The Lord had right here cooking for him. Everybody shout, he's got it prepared for you. How many believe the Lord has it fixed for you? I believe that with all of my heart. The miracle has been prepared. The answer has been prepared. God's already prepared it for you. Simon Peter's dining with the Lord and the Lord looks at Simon and said, I got a question for you. Simon, sit over here. Sit over here, Noah. Sit on the other side of the steps. Simon, does the fish, does the fish taste good? Hey, Simon, you got a little bit of tartar sauce right there. Hey, Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Hey, Simon, 
Sam, I got another question for you. What, what, what is it, Lord? Do you love me? <laughs> you know I love you. He said, feed my lambs. <laughs> hey, Simon, one more question. Yes, Lord, what is it? Do you love me? He said, yes, yes, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. You see, he denied him three times. And the Lord was just removing every one of those mistakes by asking three questions. And in every time, he said, there's a plan for your life. There's a plan for your life. There's a, what he was saying is ministry's not over because you denied me. I promise you, if you go back fishing, you're just going to end up with empty nets. But if you'll go in my direction and obey my voice, the nets are going to be full. There's a day of Pentecost ahead. There's a 3,000 soul revival getting ready to happen under your ministry. Oh, come on, how many believe this? Let's all stand to our feet, clap our hands, and thank God for His Word. Man, you can't live on empty. You can't live on empty. At some point, you've got to find out where the Lord is telling you to go, and you've got to go there. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't live on empty. Some of you, the Lord has revealed in my spirit. Somewhere in your life, you started folding the nets. Another moment of your life, you started unfolding. I'm just going to try the world again. It's going to leave you empty. The world God called you out of will never satisfy you. How many know that's true? Everybody in the room, lift your hands to the Lord. Lord, I have preached what you've given me. Hallelujah. Oh, God. There's a miracle prepared here today. But somebody's got to believe. Somebody's got to receive. Somebody's got to accept. Hallelujah. We're believing right now. Come on. How many of you are tired of empty nets? You're ready for God to fill your life with purpose and destiny and miracles. It's going to be so great. Your brothers are going to have to help you. Your sisters are going to have to help you. The multitude is going to, later, you're going to stand up with the 11. Because you can't. It's bigger than you. <laughs> it's bigger than you in this, in this room right now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want everybody in the room repenting. I want you to say, God, I know I didn't do right. Since I've known you, I haven't done right. But God, I will feed the sheep. I will feed the lambs. I, oh God, I will fulfill what you've called me to do. I'm not going to miss it this time. Let me feel your presence one more time, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, the Lord's speaking to somebody. Failure's not final. Prophecy never dies. And His will will be fulfilled in your life. If you just cast your net again on the right side, just obey His word. For the miracle's waiting right there. What He did at the beginning, He did again at the end. Because He wanted Simon to know, I'm with you. I'm for you. I believe in you. All over the building, I want you praying about this. All over the building. I want you to seek the Lord. 
Go ahead and sing whatever you've got planned. There's a, there's a move of God. There's a touch of the Lord. The Lord hasn't given up on you. He told you it was going to happen before it ever happened. You try to go to, back to the old way, but He showed up there too because He always comes to where you are and when you're empty. Lord, show me your glory. Show me your power. Oh, I need you, Jesus. There's a call of repentance and we want you to be social distancing but if the Lord's calling you more you've been dealing with empty nets I want you to come to this altar and pray would you do that all over the building you've been dealing with empty nets in your life I want you to come hallelujah some empty nets in your life I know there's a lot of people that the Lord is dealing with right now but you're never going to be satisfied until you follow the word of the Lord Gators, will you help us in the altar? Amen. I need you, Jesus. Come on, in your circle, if you have somebody there with you that's in your circle, lay hands on them, pray with somebody. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.